Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 22 of Musical Connections, and I am your host, Zach Snow. Well, we got a jam-packed episode this week. My guest is singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and overall amazing dude, Craig Young. We had a great conversation. He talks about his brand new group, Blue Star Juniper, with Andrea Monroe, and he talks about it a lot in the interview. And we also talk about his time with Terry Clark, Fred Bird Journey, Shannon and a whole lot more. We'll get to that right after this week's newfound releases. And if you happen to check my social media, this week's newfound releases is stacked and probably one of my favorites to date. We're going to start with singer-songwriter Justin Fancy. And it is his first single that he is working on with two-time Grammy Award-winning record producer and proprietor of Silico Records, Greg Wells. And I got to hear this song at his show at the LSPU Hall a few months ago, and it was great then, and it's even better now. And uh, quote uh, one of uh, the albums that Greg worked on, if this doesn't take Justin Fancy higher, I don't know what will. Right now, let's get to that new tune from his upcoming album, This Is Live on newfound releases as part of the Musical Connections podcast. I took a chance on love with you by my side A new romance, we went along the love ride We were friends in lonely places, got caught in the fire Should have never lit that flame, even though it felt right, it felt right Yeah
Portion of Musical Connections. That is Lie, and that is the first song he is working on with executive producer and Silly Cove Records proprietor Greg Wells. And if that is what's to be expected on the new album, I cannot wait for the full thing to come out in the fall. But our next few releases have album drops right now. We're going to continue on newfound releases with Brain Vacation. They are a local punk band here in St. John's, and it consists of Adam Power, Nick Hunt, who also plays in Swimming with Jacob Cherwick and Liam Ryan, as well as Dan King and Steven Spencer. Their debut album, Old Feelings, came out this past week. Right now, here's one of the tracks from that record. Here is Searching on newfound releases as part of the Musical Connections podcast. vacation for you on newfound releases that is searching and now we're going to go to another guy who had an album drop this past week digitally with the hard copy set to come out later in the summer it is from mike fisher and you may remember him from his 40 years in the newfoundland and labrador music scene and um, he's got a whole list of bands which we will tackle on a future episode of musical connections i'm going to be speaking with him in one of my future episodes so stay tuned for that Right now, here's the title track of his second solo album. This is Diary of a Psychic Vampire on newfound releases as part of the Musical Connections podcast. Happiness is in short supply I will take it from you that I won't deny 
sense of me will start to fade I don't worry, you'll feel better in a few days But now you're feeling me Can you tell me what you see? It's not your blood I need, just you Slip away from you Oh no, you're so sad and blue Emotions I take from you you won't believe But bye for now, you feel relieved Now you feel me Can you tell me what you see? It's not the blood I need Just you What you want I identify What you need I can supply What you feel Ooh, I sympathize I am the endless mirror Now you'll disappear Sympathetic here, but realize Oh, much to fear A few minutes of me, you will start to fade I don't worry, you'll feel better in a few days And now you're feeding me Can you tell me what you see? It's not the blood I need Just you What you want What you need What you feel It comes inside of me What you want What you need on newfound releases that is diary of a psychic vampire and now we're going to go to singer songwriter out in conception bay north jamie taylor here's his new tune for you you make me invincible on newfound releases as part of the musical connections podcast
roll down my cheek Tomorrow's loop so bleak When I'm lost drifting down that river creek You lead me back to shore Your love is pure Sakes me, breaks me, sends me down that road. You always got my back when I start to crack. You made me invincible. newfound releases that is you make me invincible and now let's go to a group that were up for rock artist of the year at this past music and l awards we're gonna go to branton langley and aaron dolomont jj's gang right now here's their brand new single this is you calm me on newfound releases as part of the musical connections podcast Oh, is he the barrow stone? 
releases that is you calm me and our last new fan release comes from two rappers based here in st john's they are albert dalton and reggie morales now i got to see both of these people rap at prior music and L award celebrations albert in 2021 and reggie morales in 2022 right now here's their new track together this is doom patrol on new fan releases as part of the musical connections podcast The final buy shit Thought you had it But you kinda lost it You were selling that But I ain't bought it You should try it At a silent auction Yeah it's time to stop it I need profit Need to pump up my deposits See me jumping in the mosh pit Then hold my to the office Smoking on the side Till I'm exhausted Phoning for his eye From Acropolis Cause I'm not getting off For this sofa Till I go down to my studio Truth be told It don't take much for me To produce this gold I got the upper hand You losers fold I'm a grown man You two years old Roast a whole gram in a single bowl Oh man, it's gonna take a toll I won't stand for it, fake control I'm gonna take control, let's make it known I'ma get it, then I'll take it home I can't get higher If I did, then I'd probably fucking expire Hey, wish there were less liars But instead every day, then I'ma get tired I, I can't get higher If I did, then I'd probably fucking expire Less liars, but instead every day that number gets higher. I've been smoking tree like a sick fiend. Sixteen rips till I contemplate the take lead. Take these, hoping I can make out a time freeze. Testing anybody out there, just me. Screaming at the wall, been there, did it all. Save my pocket change just to play the numbers game. Shame, shame, any way you put it, wanna cut it, cook it, super looking motherfucker. Man, I really wish you wouldn't with the bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking the opportunity to vent the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In it. We just stepping in to kill this shit and steal the winnings And reveal the villains, feeling like we're heroes About to light the scene up like some carols Kerosene, ain't on our team, you zero Boy, bad to the marrow, I'm your captain, no sparrow Your captain is clear, so keep your rap on my air I don't actually care, bro, I'm just having a bear oh. I can't get higher If I did, then I'd probably fucking expire Ay, Wish there were less liars But instead, every day, that number gets higher 
can't get higher If I did, then I'd probably fucking expire uh, We still were less liars But instead every day, the number gets higher Alrighty, let's get to this week's conversation on Musical Connections. It is with singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and music educator, Craig Young. He talks about his brand new group, Blue Star Juniper, with Andrea Monroe. He also dives into his career in music, which includes uh, playing with Terry Clark, Fredford Journey, Shanaganuck, as well as diving into music education. We talk about all that and so much more, and right now we are next to connect with Craig Young. Welcome back to the Musical Connections podcast, and I am your host, Zach Snow. Well, my next guest on the podcast needs no introduction. He is a four-time CCMA award winner for guitarist. He has played with the likes of Gore Banford, Terry Clark, Fredbird Journey, Shanaganuck, and recently uh, formed group Blue Star Juniper. He is one of Newfoundland and Labrador's finest guitarists. He's lived in Alberta, he's lived in Nashville, and uh, now he's back here on The Rock, and we are so happy to have him back here at home where he belongs. Joining me right now is a singer-songwriter, guitarist, and uh, overall very amazing guy, Craig Young. Craig, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the uh, very uh, uh, extravagant introduction. Thank you. Uh, I try my best, I guess, to be a good guy. Who knows? <laughs> you, never, you never know. Wake up every day trying to be, and that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. And I pre- appreciate being here. And uh, listen, I had to give you that intro because um, it, it, it's just uh, the fact that like you deserve it because you are, again, I've seen you play live uh, countless times with Shanaganuck or uh, Ottawa Pepper Journey or by yourself. You're one of Newfoundland Labrador's finest guitarists and one of Canada's finest guitarists, too, and you have the hardware to prove it. I, I, I appreciate that people enjoy my guitar playing. I really do. I, I love to play the guitar. I've been a guitar player um, as long as I can remember. I, I started playing guitar when I was seven. But, I'm, I, you know, I'm not in competition with anybody. So like, statements like the best and all of this, I, I mean, I appreciate people feel that way, feel like that, but, you know. I think we're all individuals. I, I just uh, watched uh, my buddy Gord Quinton, who's in Fritboard Journey on the Broadside show. I mean, Gord is uh, one of the best guitar players in my mind, just because he plays two notes and you know right away it's Gord. You, know, you don't need to go past that. You know, instantly, if you had no idea that you were listening to Gord Quinton and on it came, you'd know right away. And to me, that sums it up. But I just try my best to play the guitar the way I want to, and I'm really glad that people love it. And I've had a long career playing guitar. Yeah, and we're going to dive deep into that uh, as this podcast rolls along. Now, um, just wanted to ask us uh, straight away, uh, how are things in your world right now, Craig? Oh, well, you know, um, it's been a pretty amazing year in a lot of ways. Uh, if I go back to uh, last summer, I uh, I was, was, I'm living in Clarenville, and I'm still there at the moment, although I'm moving over to the West Coast uh, end of this month to uh, to Deer Lake. Part of the reason for that is I, last summer I, I started doing a gig with the band Anchors Away, and that's just 
been a real uh, blast playing electric guitar and mandolin in that band. Uh, great guys, super band, super shows. It uh, runs from June till the end of September up in Rocky Harbor. So, so when I was doing that, um, I I was also traveling around the island, uh, playing you know with Shanigannock and playing with my pals uh, Carol Bisbotter and uh, Josh Ward as a trio that we were doing at that time. We had a couple gigs and, uh, you know, so I, it was, it's just been really good. Uh, Zach, last summer I did, uh, 78 gigs, I think in wow. total. Yeah. So I put 25,000 plus uh, kilometers on my old, uh, Toyota RAV too. So, you know, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was very busy. And plus I, I've taken up the sport of mountain biking, and so, uh, it's been, you know, life is good for me right now at the moment. I'm very happy, uh, somewhere in there. And I don't remember exactly where, cause it was all a whirlwind. I, I met, um, Andrea Monroe, uh, who is a singer in town and she, uh, she's really great, um, as a person and as a singer and songwriter. Anyway, we, we, we started to play together just, uh, having a little jam uh, one of the first times we met and realized uh, i think that we we had a solid musical connection and we just explored that uh, and then realized uh, we should probably create a duo so that's how blue star juniper which is the newest thing uh for me that is exciting in my world to come around yeah that's awesome um that was actually going to be one of my questions later on in this interview, but let's address it now, um, of course. Uh, dive in a little bit more about uh, how you and Andrea really met. Well, you know, she came out to a show that I did with Carol and Josh uh, in town there. And, uh, yeah, it just started there. So then we just started, went out, and um, I had my guitar, so we just started to play some music, and she sang a couple songs, and I started to play along with her, and it just felt really super easy. It just fit really well. And I sang something, I don't remember what now, but our voice just blended together um, well. And it just started with that. And we uh, carried on and we've become really great friends. And, um, you know, I wrote some songs uh, that um, we do, uh, you know, in the band. And she does uh, one of her great songs in the band. And, yeah, it, it's just turned out really great. Um, just a few weeks ago, we went to Jason Whelan's studio, and right off the floor, me and her recorded the song that uh, uh, you have there, one of my own uh, compositions. And it's uh, named after a little town here, just near Clarenville, which is absolutely beautiful and inspired me. Um, to write this song and and it became you know our first real recording that we did in the studio so um yeah it's been going really great i I don't know what else to really say at the moment (laughs) Uh, we're hoping we're hoping to record more songs Uh, we've got a bunch of gigs this summer uh together uh we're playing uh well you know i don't know the specifics of a lot of them right now but i know we're playing out in at the Garrick Theater in Bonavista, and we're playing at, in Eastport, and we're playing the Strawberry Festival in Deer Lake. 
Um, we're playing out in Heart's Content. There's a beautiful theater there. I think we're playing in English Harbor on the Bonavista Peninsula. There's a lovely uh, theater church there. And yeah, so we have a bunch of uh, cool gigs to do this summer. And, and also, we're still constantly uh, working on exactly what's happening. We just did a gig out here uh, just a week ago now. Uh, in Milton, the cultural house that just was extremely so pleasing. Uh, wow. It's such a lovely venue, but a great crowd of people that really enjoyed the music. And it just was so um, enjoyable to do. And it's just one microphone, no plug-in, it's all acoustic. And it's what I really like doing these days is playing acoustic music. And one microphone, and it just felt so good and that again is another it's an old church that's renovated so it's those buildings usually sound really good that's awesome man now um i want to go back to about uh, your early days uh growing up in uh southwest coast of newfoundland i believe you uh when i was researching for this you grew up in francois um i believe yeah, that's how, that, how it's pronounced yeah well that that's not entirely accurate but that's true like that you're pronouncing the name fine uh people from there call it francois um, oh, okay. That's a, neither here nor there. If you're not from there, you call it Francois. And it's all good either way, I think. And nobody really cares about that. I didn't, I mean, I, I lived there when I was really super young, up until I was about uh, four. And then we moved to the island of Ramia. And I lived there until I was uh, 13, just turning 14. And then we w- went to Bergio. And to me, and this is, true from my perspective Virgil is really my hometown it's where i really grew up in my mind at you know it's where most of the things that uh really uh are significant to me happen there you know mm-hmm. uh, meeting some guys playing music getting into music uh you know it just you know all of that and Virgil is a great uh town with the sandbank park yeah so but it's the southwest coast that i'm you know definitely um i when asked Sometimes I just say that I don't want to make anyone from those other two towns think I don't care about them because <laughs> I sure do. But uh, it really is Bergio is my hometown. But yeah, the, those towns though were really the first part of your journey, really to becoming uh, you know the guy you are today and the musician you are today. And uh, I want to ask you now, uh, what really drew you to music? And uh, I'll ask you to list some of your guitar influences because, um, as I said before, uh, you are really phenomenal at guitar. So. Uh, I'll ask you uh, now, uh, what drew you to music? You know, it's a really tough question to answer. I guess it's because my parents loved music. They did. Um, They listened to it a lot, especially my dad. He listened to country music a lot. My mom, too. Um, The the music I heard in the beginning was uh, mainly Hank Williams and the Carter family. So, I mean, it doesn't get any more rooted in uh, country music than that. And when I first started learning how to play the guitar, that's the music that I had to learn. So, so I, um, you know, I would uh, play that music. I mean, I learned how to play at seven. I could play songs and sing songs and some of the early songs I sang were Hank Williams songs and the Carter family songs and I would put on those records on that old record player and play along with them you know I wasn't very old when I did that mm-hmm. and that, that yeah 
So that was been my start. And the reason I love music, I don't know. I think it's just ingrained in me. Uh, the time was different than now, I suppose, too. Uh, young people now have a lot more distractions. Uh, I didn't have any growing up in, well, in, at that time, living in Ramey at the age of seven. There was absolutely zero distractions for me other than the guitar. I didn't have any internet or iPhones or, you know, even TV was a, was a, a something we, I didn't watch much because we had one channel, so it didn't really get to watch anything on TV except the Tommy Hunter show, you know, which was about music. So <laughs> a few, uh, a few other, you know, little things, but it was not really a big part of your life until you went to Bergio and then they had cable and it became, you know, something that was more significant. But, um, I, I really, once I learned how to play, and like I said, I really learned how to play at a very early age. I don't really remember the process, the truth be told. I learned out of a book. Um, I just really fell in love with the whole guitar. I mean, I knew I used to draw pictures of guitars when I was a kid, look at them in the catalog, you know, just never knew what a, a you know good guitar was until I, I, um, I bought a, a 1972 or 73 D 35 in Calgary when I was out there at a very young age, like 20 or so. And until then, I, you know, I, I hadn't really experienced a really good guitar up till that, up till that point. But I still just love the whole process of playing and, and um, making music on the guitar. I'm still figuring it out now. I'm still working on. Uh, learning how to play the guitar, you know, I'm still discovering ways of doing stuff and working on certain technical foundational and, uh, you know, uh, maybe some of it is, uh, you know, unprecedented. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing stuff that <laughs> hasn't been done before. Sometimes I'm not sure. I'm just taking it. I'm just going where it takes me. And that's what I always did. Uh, when I was a young teenager, and I had an electric guitar uh-huh. and played with a couple guys in Bergio. I, I learned how to improvise at a really early age to, you know, to just sort of play without really thinking about it. That seemed to happen. I think when I was 14, I was able to do that. Uh-huh. And, you know, I've been always doing that. I've been doing that ever since uh, that time. I've been just playing what would come in my mind at the time. You know, sometimes sometimes that worked really good, and sometimes, well, you know, uh, uh, to quote uh, Carlos Santana, sometimes you bite into the apple and the drips right down your arm, and other times it's like sandpaper. And this, but it's part of playing the guitar. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Now, um, I want to go back to uh, your family for a moment because, uh, of course, uh, your parents were really into music, and of course, uh, your father Henry Young, of course. Uh, one of the songs really that was brought on to you by Henry Young was uh, The Glass on 29. How much of an influence uh, has did your father have in, uh, you know, wanting you uh, to pursue music? Well, it's a great question. And, the, you know, it's not an easy question to answer. In some ways, he's been the biggest influence. Uh, just he loves music as much as anybody I know. And still, maybe he does now. I, I'm not sure if he still does. He's got a lot of other things on the go at the moment. Uh, you know, in his, his 70s now, and there's things, but 
I know that he loved music so much, and I, and I guess he gave me that. You know, just the, his love came over to me about music. Uh, his songwriting is, you know, is uh, it's very interesting songs that he writes, and uh, that's one I recorded. I also uh, sing a couple other ones of his all the time, which is. Uh, one that he wrote about his great grandfather as well. I think one that I wrote about uh, that that same guy, his great grandfather, called uh, the Battle of Henry Rose. But he also wrote one called uh, Another Piece of Wood, which is about Henry Rose, and I sing that one as well. Oh wow! And and he wrote one uh, one about um, the, the stern trawler, the Cape Royal, that was lost. Uh, sailing out of Bergeau to to reap it. Marystown, I think, perhaps is where they were going. I'm not sure about that. But he wrote a song about that, and it's just a really nice song called The Last Trip um, that I sing sometimes, too. But he has other songs that he's written as well that I don't do them because I don't know them, but they're really good. When I hear them, I think it's it's well done. And so he's inspired me to write songs, too, even though I also I started writing songs at a quite an early age is trying to and it's something you're always working on as well you know but so so the truth is he's been a pretty big influence in just by the fact that he really enjoys music so much uh you know he's he's a he's just a regular guy playing a guitar you know scores and he plays a few little things and it's really nice but you know my inspiration for like learning how to play uh, solos and and guitar pieces and take uh, you know guitar to a, a much higher level came from uh, listening to uh, recordings of other guitar players of course and and later on meeting uh, guitar players in Alberta that were really great so yeah I, I want to dive into uh, guitar players next um, can you name some of those uh, guitar players that have influenced uh, the way you play guitar well yeah sure I mean. Uh, so when you when you're when you know when you're young, like when I was in my teens, rock music was something you just couldn't get away from, uh, you know, and you didn't want to. It was really fun and easy to listen to. And this was in the '80s, so uh, you know the Dire Straits band was pretty big, and so the guitarist singer from that band, Mark Knopfler, was a huge influence on me. And then there was a band ZZ Top, and that guy playing. Uh, the guitar in that band, uh, Billy Gibbons, was a huge influence. And there was a guitar player, and I did not know his name at the time. I had no clue about who he was or anything about him. I only heard his playing on the album, and it wasn't really listed who it was playing. Uh, a fellow named Albert Lee, who was an Englishman who uh, moved to America and became one of the best country guitar players. And played with Amy Lou and Ricky Skaggs and played with a lot of those uh, country records that I really enjoyed. And his playing was such a huge impact on me that I learned pretty much every solo he ever did, uh, just trying to, uh, you know, emulate that. Never did, of course, because it's really hard and he's so good. But I didn't even know who he was until I was probably close to 20 years old and I realized who, who it was that was playing all those great parts. And that's his name, Albert Lee. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, brother. Now, um, of course, uh, 
You have four CCMA nominee or four four. I was going to say nominations, but there are awards. You won uh, yeah. four of those uh, Canadian Country Music Association awards uh, in the guitarist category. And I'm just going to list some of the people that you've worked with. Um, you worked with the likes of Jason McCoy, Gord Bamford, George Canyon, Carolyn Don Johnson, and uh, the most uh, notable in particular was Terry Clark, which. Uh, you uh, were a session player in Nashville for eight years, and you were really part of Terry Clark's band uh, for that amount of time as well. So uh, I'm going to start there. Uh, how did you uh, get to uh, get the gig to be a uh, Terry Clark's uh, guitar player? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's, a, it, it's just what happens, I guess. Uh, I was living in Calgary, and the moment I stopped playing on a touring club band, uh, was I can't remember the band I was playing with at the time. They weren't very good, is what my memory is. But I, I wanted to uh, stop doing that, which is playing six nights a week in club scenes and traveling all over Western Canada. So I did. I quit and decided I would uh, just play in Calgary, basically local pubs and stuff. And it was, you know, a big adjustment. And when I did that, the first within the first week I did that, Jason McCoy called me to uh, play some gigs with him. Uh, I'd met him previous, and so I, I, I was now free to do that. And not very long after that, um, Patricia Conroy called me because her guitar player uh, and her you know partner, uh, Bob, couldn't do the gig, and I filled in for him and played some gigs with her. And... And then Dwayne Steele, who was still on the go out in Western Canada, a great uh, songwriter, country singer. Uh, his guitar player, who was Wendell Ferguson from Toronto, called me and filled in for him. And so what I'm trying to say here is that because I got off the road, I was able to start working with the recording acts. And when I started working with those folks, uh, it just kind of snowballed, you know, into uh, getting more gigs. Until finally, I was uh, playing with Jason, and we went on tour with Terry Clark and opened the show. And and just as from her seeing me on that gig, I guess. I mean, I I don't know why she she wanted to hire me, but uh, I got a note from her band leader about coming and auditioning for the band. So, and that would have been the best gig I'd had at that point, and I it it's been the best gig I ever had to be to be honest about it. And she's a wonderful lady and a great boss. And so I ended up doing that gig for quite a long time. That's awesome, brother. You know, playing in all those, uh, with all those uh, big names there, I mean, uh, Jason, uh, Jason McCoy, uh, Patricia Conroy, Terry Clark, Dwayne Steele, like you've also released some of your own uh, solo material as well. And uh, your most recent project came out last year, or actually, uh, I think it was out a year before that, or uh, 2021 or 22. Uh, I'm not sure because the last two years were a blur. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, your first album, uh, to my recollection, was 1999's uh, It's Just Me, and you recorded that in Alberta. Uh, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but... Uh, I think that's fairly accurate. Uh, that's just a demo recording that I had written some songs and basically went in the studio and just banged them out with some friends of mine. And then uh, later it came out on a project, you know. And so I, I don't really think about that very much. I don't have a copy of it myself. Uh, and I'm not that uh, broken up about that, you know. Nobody nobody who uh, 
who's on the journey of learning how to play music really likes any of their old recordings that I've ever met. I remember taking one of Gord's old records over to Gord's house to get him to sign, and he wanted me to actually give it to him. He didn't want me to have it. You know, he said, that's not very good. I said, don't, you don't want that. Give that to me. Well, I feel the same way. Yeah, it's true. He did. It's a, it's a funny story, the way that went out. But that, that's really what he said. And uh, it makes me laugh because I think it's a great record. But I feel that way, too, about those albums. The one I did in uh, that time, what you're talking about. And then there's another one that came after that um, a few years later. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't have those records and I don't really listen to them. I don't know anything about that music anymore. I'm only really looking forward when it comes to music and what I'm doing at the time and, um, you know, what I'm going to do. That's really what is sort of on my mind. But this Blue Star Juniper is really important to me. And this song that we've got recorded is really important. And I don't really remember much about those recordings, uh, the one in, 19, in 1999. I know I wrote most of the songs in there. I know that George Canyon recorded a couple of the songs off of there himself, which I was really grateful with. And George and me would go back a long way. Wow. Uh, we, we, we both kicked off, uh, you know, the, in a band from uh, Nova Scotia called Branded with a couple of the guys. Uh, one of them was no longer with us, unfortunately, and died in a snowmobile accident in Edmonton. But, uh, that's how we all got our real start at getting out there and touring and playing in the club scene out in Western Canada. I had went to Dalhousie university and, and then I got it. I saw a, in the newspaper and a, you know, an ad for a band that was wanting to go on the road for the summer. So I, I took up with them, uh, you know, called them and, and they came, heard me play. And then I went down and played with them and, George Canyon was the singer of that band, oh, you know, wow. and so we, so we go back a long way, me and him, and uh, somewhere that's the, like in the night, in around the night, late, late 90s, uh, he made, he recorded some of those songs that I, I wrote, which I'm really grateful for on his part. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think about those songs anymore. I don't even know if I know them. Like, I don't even know if I could actually sing them. I probably, if I heard them, I would remember, but. I'm always thinking about the new ones. I wrote a bunch of new music and new songs uh, this last fall after I finished with uh, Anchors Away. And I came back to Clarenville, and there was a big void then in my musical life uh, that that gig had finished at the end of September. And I was just starting teaching again, and there was just this huge uh, void of, you know, not gigging it every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and all those nights, and I just started writing music, and yeah, and so that's what I kind of think about now. Uh -huh. Going going forward is the music I'm going to do. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to uh, record a. Uh, hopefully, it'll work out, and we'll get a something out of it. But basically, a, a fiddle guitar project with uh, Carol Bisbotter, the fiddle player in in uh, St. John's. Uh, it was originally from Saskatchewan, but she's as Newfoundlander as any of us now. She's been living in St. John's for that long. Oh, and me and her, sure. we, we love playing together and, and we're, uh, you know, we, we, we have a, a, some sort of camaraderie when it comes to those old fiddle tunes. That just seems to work really well. And, um, yeah, so we're going to make a, we're going to do a project this weekend with that and, those are the things that I'm thinking about now. This is where my mind is, you know, uh, playing with Fritboard Journey, for example. I think we might have a gig this summer or so 
And I look forward to playing with those guys, and they all mean so much to me. And that is Gord, of course, and Sandy Morris, and Dwayne uh, Andrews. Uh, and just enjoy that process. And hopefully I'll get to do a gig here and there with Sandy Ganat, too, this summer, because I really love playing with them. Yeah. So it's been, you know, these are the things I'm kind of looking at at this point. Awesome, brother. Now, um, I want to go to a fretboard journey next because uh, you you uh, did uh, make your way back to the province, uh, I'd say, in the uh, late 2000s, early 2010s. And then you released uh, Back Home, which was really your first uh, album solo-wise. Uh, in, uh, since 2005, The History of Me, which I actually got in uh, my home office here <laughs> and uh, managed to find out well, you. Section. You're the one. So you're <laughs> the one who has it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice, it was a pretty interesting find. I couldn't believe that I found it. I don't know was it was that a right I'm, guess, I'm guessing it makes a pretty good doorstop. <laughs> but um, you released back home in 2010, and then uh, you went on to a uh, form fretbird journey uh, a couple years later after that. So of course it it uh, consists of yourself, Sandy Morris, Dwayne Andrews, and Gordon Quinton. And uh, the latter of those got a Lifetime Achievement Award at last year's uh, Folk Festival. Um, how did you four uh, all get together? Well, me and Dwayne were playing together. We did a record actually called Charlie's Boogie, which uh, was really well received, I think, here in Newfoundland. And and we were happy about it. Uh, it sounded so good. And then uh, I think Sandy really had the idea of the four of us playing together and, and we we ended up um, performing on the, the Out of the Fog on Rogers as when we actually first uh, got together and played. We hadn't really all played together at this point at all. So we ended up down there and just played a few standard tunes that all of us kind of knew. And it just felt really good, you know. It just felt really, really neat. I mean, there was me and Dwayne who had played together quite a bit. And there's Sandy and Gord who have played together quite a bit. Uh, they have the land and sea connection, two of them, and they both, you know, know uh, know or wrote a lot of the music that is, uh, you know, a part of that show. And so we sort of just uh, realized there was a great chemistry there, and uh, we proceeded to uh, record the, that album, you know, at my house actually at that time. That's awesome. Now, um, I want to go next to, of course, uh, I've really got to know you for uh, your time with Shanaganuck. And, uh, of course, you recorded on a couple of albums with them. Uh, you recorded on, um, I believe it was uh, the first one I think you recorded on was Rockin' on the Water. I may be wrong here. I think it's the McNulty family yeah. album that you started recording yeah, with Shanaganuck. That's correct. The correct answer to that is the McNulty family one. It's the first one that I was on with them. And I've been on every one since then. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they've recorded any albums that I haven't been on since that. Yeah. Uh, but that was uh, that was yeah, really fun to be in the studio with those guys. So, and, uh, so yeah, how'd you guys uh, yeah. end up uh, getting together? Um, you know, I, I'm not. I just think they called me, or uh, I I got to meet them traveling from. Uh, Ramia to Bergio, you know, they did a gig in Ramia and I was in Ramia at the time and I met them and I, I met them before actually when Terry Clark came to St. John's and did a show, I went down to, I'm going to say it was O'Reilly's, but I can't remember exactly, which is one of the bars on George street and, and they were playing. And I think that's when I first met them, but they kind of knew about me and I, you know, 
I of course knew about them in my mind and to this day, they are probably still the best um, Newfoundland band as far as the Newfoundland, uh, you know, party to the, the, you know, raise the roof. Uh, yeah. Situation. Like, uh... I don't think anybody really comes touches them. Uh, I mean, there's some other great guys like Arthur and Fred and the navigators. They're, they're really good too, but, I still think Sandy Ganaki is the most popular and, the, and one of the best bands to do that. And so, I, of course, I knew about them. Uh, Chris called me to open the show at the Arts and Culture. Um, and I did that. And I guess I just kind of knew them for a while. And, they, you know, and then um, they asked me to come in and play on that McNulty album and do some of their gigs. And whenever I could, I was also teaching a lot and doing my own stuff. Um, just it just kind of grew into me bringing be, being on electric guitar, and they decided they wanted to bring the electric guitar into the band, which I'm really glad they did. And, and I'm, you know, it's it's interesting playing electric guitar in their band because a lot of their earlier records don't have any electric guitar on there. So I basically just play along and make up everything as I go, and, and it's quite fun. Mm-hmm. But they all love it. They love what it brings. They love the energy. And of course, nowadays I sing a couple of songs with them, and uh, and that's fun too. Yeah, but uh, that's how basically how we met. But uh, I also, uh, you know, recorded a um, and produced a solo album for uh, Chris Chris Andrews. Uh, you know, which I think is a really great record, and I'm really proud of that record. Oh, hundred percent. You know, yeah, yeah, and so my friendship with him goes, you know, farther than just being in Chanting and Up, for example. Yeah, and Mark too, for that matter. Mark did a solo album, which I also played on. Yeah, yeah so those, but they're great guys. And I think the world of them. That's wonderful, brother. Now, um, of course, uh, not only do you, uh, you're a, a guitar player, and um, you're also a great singer songwriter and a musician. Um, you're also a music teacher. Now, um, what is it about teaching that you uh, love the most? <laughs> it's an interesting question. Uh, what I love the most about teaching is when students learn and I see that the you know that they they have a that they they come away from it realizing some stuff about themselves and and the guitar and uh, you know just helping them in that way and also I always learn something myself from every student I always have some something happens that make me realize things and that is never ending uh, it's the exchange and that I think is what I like the most uh, the young kids especially the ones I get through to it doesn't always work don't get me wrong I mean there are some people uh, I just have never got the chemistry with in showing them and realize that uh, you know that they're just not we're just not connecting and that happens and that's the way it is and then there's the ones I really connect with and really uh, ex- expand what they're doing. I mean, I know like when I moved to Nashville, for example, uh, how much I learned myself as a musician and much I grew. And I think that when, you know, as a young person, you, you come in contact with someone who knows more than you or has been around longer than you have, and that you just rise to your surroundings. I've had some students have learned so much from me. I, um, there's a few of them stick out in my head. I don't think I'll ever forget them. Actually, you know, I keep in contact with some of them always, you know, and just make sure that they're 
they're still involved with music. And it's not all kids. Sometimes it's adults too, and it's it's really a great process. That's awesome, brother. Now, um, of course, your last uh, solo album you put out was a uh, 2021, 22. Again, yeah. the year yeah. is not clear to me because who even remembers COVID. the last three and a half years? Yeah, COVID. That's COVID. Is, COVID did some really uh, warped. It was like a time warp, you know, in some ways. Uh, but I love that record. Uh, one of my best records I've made, I think, is the last one. I, I haven't heard it now in a while, but I wrote uh, a few songs on there that I really like, a few tunes on there I really like. There were some really great musicians on there. Yeah. Yeah, that that record, uh, I'm pleased with it. Um, we covered uh, Stan Rogers' uh, White Squall, which is one of my favorite uh, songs of all time. And... It was probably, great to, yeah, to do that. My, probably one of my favorite takes of White Squall I think I've ever heard. I, I'm really pleased with how it turned out. There was, uh, you know, there were some really great uh, parts in there. Uh, the the fiddle maestro, uh, Janae Fleener, who's uh, won awards time after time again in the States uh, for her wonderful fiddle playing. And she, me and her were in the Terry Clark band together. And so uh, that's our friendship. It goes back quite a ways. Um she she played this incredible fiddle part on that on that cut, and uh, another fellow, uh, a guy named Mike Heffer, who played the mandolin on there and sang the harmony part, and it just really made the great chemistry on that record in my mind on that recording of that song. It just felt really good, and I still think that I haven't heard it now in quite a while, but every now and then someone sends me a, a clip on on my phone or something of when it's uh, playing on the, on the one of the morning shows or one, some music show and they're playing it. And uh, it, it sounds, it always hits me as how good it sounds. So I'm really, really glad about that because it doesn't always happen. Of course, when you make mm-hmm. a record, you just never know. But, you know, I feel like that, that really turned out well. Yeah. And uh, I've played it uh, many times on the Celtic wake up in the past. And, uh, it really is one of my favorite takes on White Squall uh, I think I've ever heard. I mean, uh, just, you know, the way uh, the fiddles work and the guitars and the harmonies all work and just your great vocal on it, too. Um, it's just a phenomenal uh, track. I really appreciate that. You know, like when you say the guitar on that, that which is interesting to me uh, now looking at it, because, you know, I learned that song many years ago. I was living in Nashville when I learned that song. Oh, wow. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, you know. It is what happens sometimes when you are, uh, you know, away from like Newfoundland. You really remember a lot of things about it. And I was, uh, you know, in one of those nostalgic moments, we'll say. And I found that record uh, that that has that on there, which I, I I can't remember what the album is called now, but uh, it's it's one of Stan's uh, earlier records. Maybe I'm not sure. Anyway, it uh, it's the first cut on that album, and of course, uh, Stan and his brother uh, Garnet, they they're finger style players, and like like Gord, you know, they're playing it in that way. And it's, so when I went to learn that song, I don't play that way. I play with a flat pick, and I you know this is part of what I was talking about earlier about reinventing some of those guitar parts to make uh, to line up with what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I basically, you know, arranged that guitar part to be the way, uh, you know, that suits me. 
And at first it didn't, I didn't know if it would work or not. And you never know. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting and to hear it now and realize it really worked out. And so I'm happy. Yeah. And, uh, the album that, uh, that uh, White Squall is on was actually a posthumous album from Stan Rogers called uh, From Fresh Water. It was actually the first track on the album. From Fresh Water. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's the one. And that's the album I, I learned. That, that's the album I had. I learned that off. It's actually the only album of Stan Rogers that I had. Unfortunately, I, I'm sad to say that. I I never really got too in-depth to his music. Uh, a lot of people, when I think of White Squall, in shows and stuff, especially when we're playing little tiny things like uh, pubs or, or bars, people come up and want me to sing 45 years and those other songs, but I really don't know anything about them. I wouldn't be able to do any of them. The only other one I learned is on that same album, and it was called uh, The Outs of Orange, which was the last one on there, which isn't a song I would do in those situations because it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty morbid and long so mm-hmm. you just sort of stay away from a little bit of that but but i i love his music all the same you know i, I just he's just there's only so many things you can learn and again stylistically it isn't going in the direction i'm going in this is what happens sometimes when you find songs you really like but you realize that you have to twist and turn them to pull towards where you're going sometimes that works and sometimes it don't sometimes the change is too tough. Uh, like the way you might change it is too too hard for anyone to relate to, in, including yourself. And so you abandon it and realize your relationship with that song is only going to be listening, and you won't be doing it. And mm-hmm. so you know, and and it's something I think that people who are artistic, you know, aren't just uh, um, you know learning stuff, but they're trying to be artistic with it, trying to create more than just the, the notes they would understand what I mean uh, I recently learned the song by James Taylor uh, which I really have always wanted to learn it again it was one of those songs that I felt like I wouldn't be able to do but it's called the it's called Frozen Man which is off of his uh, well the same album that New Moon Shine I think it's the album but I'd never felt like I could really get underneath that song and be able to pull it off. And finally, it seems like it works for me. Now I'm able to do it. So, but it took a long time because I had to rearrange it completely. You know, uh, James Taylor is another finger style player and I am not. So I had to, uh, rework that. Wow. I didn't know you yeah. were, you weren't a, a finger style player. Cause, uh, you're more of like a pick kind of player, aren't you? I'm a, totally a pick kind of player. I, everything I do is with a pick. Now, when I play electric guitar, it's what we'd call the hybrid style, which is what I learned from the Albert Lee and uh, approach, you know. But um, on the guitar, on the acoustic guitar, which is what I spend most of my time doing now, playing acoustic guitar, on there, I'm totally, everything is pick, and I rarely, rarely use any fingers, and it's all pick, and it's basically... Uh, you know, flat picking that stemmed out of playing uh, bluegrass and uh, old time country music and uh, just, you know, those kind of, uh, that kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what, I, that's what it all comes from. But of course, as it grows, uh, jazz and all kinds of other music gets twisted and turned in there. So I don't know. It's a work in progress and it always is. Yeah. 
For sure. I mean, we're all works in progress, really. I mean, like, I'm like, how many episodes of this? Over 20 episodes of this podcast, even. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, um, seems like you're doing pretty good. <laughs> Thanks so much, brother. Um, now, I want to get to uh, the groups that uh, you recently joined. Um, you played a stint uh, this past summer with Anchors Away, and you said you're going to be doing it again this summer. You've also uh, joined Reverend Dave and the Sin Eaters. Now, of course, Dave Peddle is the lead singer of that group, and I actually had him on the podcast uh, a couple of episodes ago. So uh, how would you get involved with those groups? Well, that that's through Andrea. Uh, she sang on Dave's uh, the Sin Eaters and you know and Dave on their last album and the one before too she had a hand on some of the songs singing some harmonies and so this is really early on in mine and Andrea's kind of getting together and we really hadn't even come up with the you know the Blue Star Juniper duo at this point we're just just um, two people that really like making music together and she had to go over there, over to Cornerbrook, to um, do uh, Dave's release party for uh, for that band. And so I, I just said, well, I can come along with you. Uh, I invited myself to that gig, and uh, everybody was all right with it. And we, we she opened the show, so I just joined her, and that was really the first gig that we'd ever done, and it was very apparent that it worked really well, the two of us together. So that's how we started off. And then, I, of course, in that process, I met Dave, and I, I got his music and listened to it and really liked it. I think he is an amazing songwriter. And I love the band. I just love that rockabilly kind of uh, rootsy approach that they got. And so uh, just a few weeks ago, maybe it's a month now, we were back over there doing some uh, gigs. And I was there also playing a show with Shani. I guess it was the St. Pat show they did over there and uh, you know i got to sit in with dave and because his electric guitar player had, was no longer available i guess for to play and so i filled in and played and learned a few of those songs and played those parts and it became real i just realized it's really a good fit for the way i play guitar too in that band and so then we talked about it and so any of the gigs that they have this summer, which they don't work a lot as a band, I, I think they're still building up, um, you know, their music, uh, their career in this way, and trying to get uh, noticed. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know uh, how they're not noticed because I think it's a really great band. But they, you know, they're working on that, and so any chance that I get to play with them, I'm going to do it. Um, the Anchors Away band. Uh, I did that last year. Uh, the, the drummer, Mike McDonald, phoned me and asked if I'd be interested because they had uh, their guitar player finish up, and they had been on the go for 20-something, 25 years. Wow. So, yeah. So, so it, it, I didn't really know about it, to be honest with you. I mean, I knew Wayne, the, the singer. I met Wayne, and how great of a person and a talented guy he is with his humor and his, just his, uh, his whole... Uh, front man, uh, you know, and he goes right back to the Uncle, Uncle Harry's bar, you know, that band. Uh, and, and so I knew him, and I knew Mike. I'd played some gigs with Mike. Uh, they are both wonderful folks. Mike uh, is a great singer, too. Uh, and Mike asked if I'd be interested, and I looked at the schedule. I'd already booked some gigs with Chaniganock, and I had a few gigs with uh, Carol and Josh book, and I realized I could do this gig, no problem. And it was a lot of shows. So I, I did it. And then when I, 
you know, in the middle of it, I realized that's a really great situation, such a great, wonderful musical situation. Uh, like all the members of the band, very much. Uh, Reg, uh, the accordion player, is just a wonderful man. Um, and then they have Rob Gillard playing a bass, and he's a very talented uh, musical uh, guy, a wonderful singer himself. He's from Cornerbrook. And yeah, it, it, that might be the best overall musical situation I've been in ever since since I've been in the Terry Clark band. And I'll be honest with you, it's just so good. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that as long as I can do it. And, and I love the West Coast and being from the West Coast or the Southwest Coast, but really loving it over there. Also, over there is where all the really good mountain biking in Newfoundland is. So, you know, it's kind of where I'd like to be anyway. Wow, that's incredible. And uh, I was actually over on the West Coast uh, back in October because uh, Music Celebration Week happened. Uh, of course, Music Now holds that off every October now. And um, by the time that this does air, that will reveal that um, this year's uh, Music Celebration Week will be back in St. John's. Of course, they alternate between St. John's and the West Coast or whatever location they decide to go to each and every year. But um, yeah. I was in Cornerbrook uh, Back in October, and just seeing the West Coast, it is an absolutely beautiful place. And seeing Marble Mountain, too, I was over in Steadybrook as well. Yeah. Um, gorgeous place, and uh, I see it's even more gorgeous when, uh, you know, the snow's on the ground and uh, the skiers are heading, heading down the mountains. Well, you know, the the, the, <laughs> the the folk from the West Coast have a saying. They say, West Coast, best coast. They say that, uh, you know. I, I, I personally... I don't endorse that opinion exactly because I, I, I love the East Coast too. I've been, I love living here in Clarenville where I'm too. And Clarenville is kind of the beginning of the central part, but it's also extremely close to St. John's. So I can scoot in anytime I need to. And I, I just love this, uh, you know, this area as well. But there is something to me about the West Coast that um, I just really like. It is the outdoorsness of it. Um, you know, the, the, Geography is is really uh, green and 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 lots of deciduous trees and it's just the whole makeup of that part of the island is really interesting and I'm just really happy to go over there and like I said I've been into this mountain biking thing and you talk about Marble Mountain they've just built some new biking trails in that area that are just fantastic so. You know, th- there's a lot to offer, but going over there and the Anchors Away gig is a big part of it. It's such a great situation. It's, uh, it's kind of every musician's dream in a way. You set up once. <laughs> you play the same venue night after night to a completely different audiences because it's all tourists and great people that come visit. And you give them, a, a you know, a taste of the Newfoundland music and Newfoundland humor. And you make a show out of it. And, they, and it's, they have Newfoundland food while they're there, and it's just wonderful. And you do that 50 times. So it's like one set up, 50 shows. Pretty amazing. That's awesome, brother. Now, um, this uh, new group that, uh, of course, we mentioned off the top, and we took on a, a you know Blue Star Juniper, yourself and Andrea Monroe. Um, uh, we're going to play the song St. Jones Within in uh, just a moment. But um, I'd say uh, just from the way, you know, I'm talking about <laughs> Andrea for this uh for this course of this interview, uh, I'd say you're pretty excited about this new Blue Star Juniper content you're going to be putting out. Well, you know, uh, it, Andrea is an t- extremely talented, wonderful person, and uh, this may be one of the finer uh, duos, uh, musical duos that I, I've been a part of in my mind. There's so much potential, it feels like. 
um, that song, St. John's Within, uh, I was been driving back and forth between St. John's and, and Clarenville, and you pass that sign, St. John's Within. I mean, it's just such an interesting name. And uh, I just got really inspired and wrote this song. I'd been writing a bunch of songs, so I was in that process of writing songs. I sent it to Andrea, and I said, is this anything? <laughs> and she said, yeah, I think that's pretty good. I think that's a keeper, I believe, is if I remember uh, her exact phrase. And anyway, we we decided to put it as part of the Blue, Blue Star Juniper uh, repertoire. And so she takes the lead in the chorus, and it's just an amazing experience. And like I said, when we recorded this, we went into Jason Whelan's studio there in town. And, you know, a lot of times when you make records, you build songs. You start off with, uh, uh, you know, one guy records a, a demo of the song, basically. You make a, you know, a guitar track, and then you put a vocal on, and then you add the bass, and then you add the drums, or the drums go somewhere in the beginning, and then you start adding little bits and pieces. So you make the song, and that's what, you know, a lot of studios, a lot of great recordings are made that way. And at the end, you have a you know, lot to control, and you... And you, and you mix the song, but we didn't do that. We, we both sat down and looked at each other and cued off of each other and sang the song like we do live, and that's how we recorded it. And it and sounds great. I feel like it really captures what happens between me and her when we sing together. Like I said, I sing the verses in the song, and she sings the chorus in the song, and I sing a harmony part, and it works out really nice. But she's a, one of my favorite singers. She got a an Emmy Lou uh, type of approach to music in my mind, just the way she goes about it. And it's really, really exciting. And it, it is, an, uh, it is one of my favorite uh, musical experiences that I've had in, in a long time playing in the blue star juniper duo. Now that you've said all of that about blue star juniper, when can we expect the full record to be out? If there's a record on the way, if there's a full well, record on the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is definitely something. There's, you know, there's definitely something about to, to that that we have to do. Of course, finding the time to do it. Uh, Andrea is full, uh, full dealt with her job and family and everything. But uh, we we are definitely both I uh, trying to find the time to do it, and we will begin that process at some point. We have songs that we know we want to record, and we're going to write some more. So yeah, it will happen. It, I would say earliest it could be would be next year. It'd be my guess, but we may record another song later in the year as a follow up to this one. We'll see what happens. That's awesome, brother. Now, uh, for any anyone who wants to find out what you're going to be doing yourself with Shani, Blue Star Juniper, Fredbird, uh, you're teaching. Uh, where can it go to? <laughs> Don't ask me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I have a website, but it's pretty dysfunctional, functional at the moment, but I plan on, on, uh, doing an update on that really soon to put all of this information on there. And that website would be Craig Young music online. Uh, No, sorry. It's Craig Young, uh, music dot online. Yeah. So www.craigyoungmusic.online. And that will give you, uh, uh, all of that information. Well, Craig, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Musical Connections podcast and just go over your career and um, 
I'm super excited to see what you and Andrea got cooking up in the studio. And uh, I cannot wait to uh, play this song again. Of course, I featured St. John's Within on Newfound Releases about a week or two ago. And um, it's a great tune, and I cannot not wait to play that again and any other music that comes my way from you. So, Craig Young, thanks so much for joining me on the Musical Connections podcast. All the best to you with uh, what's to come over the next few months ahead, and uh, you have a wonderful day. Hey, Zach, I just want to say thanks so much for what you do and your shows and, and just the support that you give all of us uh, Newfoundland artists and musicians. It means a lot, and uh, it's really uh, great to be here. I'm grateful for that, and you have a great day, bud. Take care. It's always a pleasure to catch up with Craig Young. You can check out his brand-new group. You can check out whatever he's doing online by going to craigyoungmusic.online. And right now, here's that tune that he's talked so much about, from the group he has talked so much about. You're our Blue Star Juniper. This is a song about St. Jones within. St. Jones within. But still, my heart need to get back to the star. To the town where I was born and raised, so my eyes can gaze. See my long lost friend, St. Jones within. A little town I know so well. I left my heart when I left. City lights, they were calling me in Something I had to see It never really goes away Memories of that little bay I've been around the world again and again And there's nothing like my town St. Jones within Still my heart Need to get back to the start To the town where I was so my eyes can gaze See my long lost friend St. Jones within
Well, that does it for episode 22 of Musical Connections. Big thank you to Craig Young for being my guest this week on the podcast. And a big thank you to all the artists who continue to send me music for newfound releases. It is an absolute pleasure to feature this music each and every single week and highlight some of the best that Newfoundland and Labrador has to offer, whether they're emerging or established. And next week's guest is an emerging singer-songwriter that you may have heard on a couple of singles such as Hold On and A Thousand Words. We're going to be speaking with singer-songwriter Darcy Scott. He's going to be releasing his debut EP towards the end of the month called Wasted Spaces. And we talk about those songs in particular, as well as the newfound talent contest, which he has won in the past. Of course, Wasted Spaces comes out May 25th, and he'll be doing a release show at the Elks Club with uh, opening act Jenny Mallard. And uh, that's going to be a fun conversation that'll be airing next Tuesday, May the 2nd. And the week after that, on May the 9th, we're going to be speaking to singer-songwriter and rock musician Mike Fisher. He's got a brand new album out called Diary of a Psychic Vampire. We talked to him about his entire career, as well as uh, being one of the pillars of the punk rock scene here in Newfoundland and Labrador, to the bands that he played with outside of the province, to the two albums he has released over the past three years. And that'll be coming up May the 9th. And of course, I'll be asking for newfound releases for uh, the weeks uh, before that. So if you got any new music for newfound releases, or you would like to be a guest in the podcast, email me, musicalconnectionsnl at gmail.com. New episodes of Musical Connections drop every Tuesday at 12 noon at Newfoundland Standard Time on Apple Music, on Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for connecting once again this week. I've been your host, Zach Snow. Stay safe and please be kind to one another. And until next week, safe home. <laughs>